welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's your host, Akandi Adirale, and I have the good pleasure of being here with Ishra. I actually just met her over the phone. I was introduced by one of my good friends. But Ishra, how about you tell my listeners who you are, and um, we'll get right into the, the conversation. Hi, everyone. My name is Ishra Adam. Um, I'm Sudanese, but I moved here to America when I was five, and I've lived pretty much my whole life here in America. And I was back home during the protest, and I guess we're gonna get into that. Yes, we are. So right, right with the let's get right into it. Let's get right with the shits. Um, so w- w- first of all, my understanding, and this is how the news portrays it, is that you know, hey, like bread suddenly got expensive, expensive, and everybody was like, I right, get this guy out of office. Like this is enough. No bread. We're kicking. We're kicking our Bashar out, out of office. So is that really what happened? Um, could you explain That's- kind of why it, it all got going? So it's actually like a lot of things leading up to that point. First off, there is the whole bread prices. There's like a shortage of bread at the moment and inflation is crazy. So the price of bread has nearly tripled within the year. And not only that, but there's like a line down the block just to get bread every morning. Oh, so there's scarcity too? Mm -hmm, It's a scarcity. And then on top of that, it's not only the bread crisis, but then there's the oil. So there's a shortage in oil. Prices have risen. Same as bread. There's a long line to get to the gas pump. Hmm. Like down the block takes like about an hour or so just to like fill up your tank. Wow. 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 So life is just like generally uncomfortable for people. You, you can't get food. You can't get what you need to power your vehicle. So it's like the right atmosphere for a protest to start. Um, I guess. I think. Sorry. Even sorry, but even with that, that's not the last thing. I think the thing that really struck people is the banks, because the banks are out of money, and that's something people don't know. The banks are out of money. Mm -hmm. How? What? How did that happen? The corruption in the government, like government's taking money and so the people there's a long line to get to the atm machines at the banks the banks don't have money they're putting a like a a limit on what you can take out of your account wow 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 that's that's crazy and that's that's very concerning and i imagine with inflation that's probably part of it too so i guess one of the quick things i'm always curious about especially in african countries is really how protests exactly start like is there a whatsapp group with like all the like Sudanese, like millennials, like, yo, we get, we're going to get it popping tomorrow. Let's go. We're going to get it protesting. Like, do you have any sense <laughs> of like, what exactly happened? How did it, you know, get out there? Did, is it that one person started shouting in the streets and everybody just suddenly started? And she's like, how did that start? Just, I'm, not, I'm asking for some countries that might be trying to start, get, get their protest game going soon. Well, it was actually the youth that started it. So the protests initially started in the in the universities. Oh, like so I'm guessing like a group of students were just talking about these living conditions because it's getting very hard. When I was there, when I first got to Sudan, because I went back this past December, Mm -hmm. the dollar was at sixty dollars when I got there. A week later, it rose up to eighty dollars. Wow. For one Sudanese pound. That's ridiculous. The inflation rate is crazy over there. And today it's about a hundred dollars. Oh wow, 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 wow. That's crazy. And and do you like like and this is all just like Albashir's like mismanagement. So do you can you tell us about the president himself? What 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 exactly was wrong with him? I know he's been ruling for thirty years. Um, and my understanding is that he obviously wasn't a very good ruler for all this to happen, but do you have any information on how people felt about him at the time? 
people honestly were just over him and his ruling. They really, the main thing is people just don't want a military ruling anymore. They're done with that. Hmm. He's been in power for over 30 years. My mom always says, I went to college, I got married, I had kids, oh. and they graduated. And he was still in power for all of that long journey. Wow. <laughs> She's wow. like, my kids graduated college and he's still here. Wow, wow. So the first demand seems to be like, hey, you know, we're tired of this military government. Um, what what else are people asking for? Because it seems like currently it's still kind of part of the military that's in charge of the country. What are they asking for? Like what people like honestly want is a civilian council and they want to have elections. And that's with this um, two year military transition. That's not what they're getting. And that's why people are still out protesting in the streets, because that's not what they want. And that's not what they've been working months for. So people are still currently out in the streets protesting. And, and if you just give me a sense, like, you know, I've seen photos of like the lady on top of the, the, the car leading chance. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But like how many people are is it like thousands of people in the streets protesting or like is it still just the university kids? Um, how, what's the kind of the magnitude, the scale of the protests? Oh, no. So like after the first day, initially it was just the college, the university students who were out protesting. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of just slowly started to spread and like people started going out there. In the beginning, it was very dangerous to go out there because they didn't have the numbers. Mm -hmm. So they were outnumbered. But over time, it's eventually grown. And now you have all family members going out there. You have people flying back home just to go protest. Wow. So it's a great turnout. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And so, so it's probably a whole a whole lot of people now. And that that's that's incredible. Um one of the kind of big like, you know, things going around on the media now is, you know, the, this like really striking image of of a woman, you know, standing up on top of the car, I believe, and she's, you know, leading the chance. Can you do you know who that is? Can you tell us more about that? And um I'd like to kind of go into a deeper topic of women kind of leading within the the, the, the space in Sudan, helping, you know, look for justice and drive. Uh, social progress you know who is that person and why is she on the car um i don't know specifically who she is but what she represents is monumentous for the sudanese community because you know how like in typical african households like the woman really maintains the house and takes care of everything but it's like now you can see like over time how we're evolving and now we're actually like leaders in our community and are able to like evoke change and that's a representation of what she was doing and there was a lot of women out there protesting and not only that were people just protesting but they were taking care of one another so people are donating money so that the protesters can have food and water and all these other things while they're out there because you have to stand united as a community that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So to, so people are really actually, even people that are not in the streets, people are helping sustain these protests. Mm-hmm. There's an app um, been created to send money overseas to the protesters yeah. or people are sending money back home. Like those of us who are not in Sudan still want to contribute to our country and we still want to be a part of it, even though we can't actually be there. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's almost like a blueprint for other people that might be looking to do this in the future. Because I didn't even think about that. Like you think that people, you know, walk out into the street and they start protesting. You forget that, yo, these people are, you know, they need food, they need water, they need, you know, supplies so that they can continue to do. So that's that's pretty incredible. I, I never even thought about that. And it's interesting mm-hmm. because you, like you just start to mention the Sudanese uh, diaspora seems to be supporting, you know, how does it... How does the Sudanese diaspora feel about this? I mean, you said people are traveling back home. Could you explain more on that? 
Yeah. So actually, like the diaspora has been, I believe, very beneficial in this whole uh, protesting and revolution that's going on. Because actually, when I was in Sudan, after the first day of protest, the government turned off the Internet. And so we did not have Internet access. If you did not have a VPN downloaded on your phone, you were not able to get on social media. You couldn't get onto WhatsApp. You couldn't any like social like any of those like social media sites you could not access it because the internet was shut down because the government did not word of the did not want the word to get out of these protesting oh wow and and just kind of with the semantics of the of the protest seems like the government well naturally for self-interest was against it um what is you know what did they what else did they do is was the post protest generally peaceful like you know were people protesting and soldiers weren't trying to lock people up do you have a sense of what happened actually during the, the protest, especially when it started? Because you said it was dangerous initially, right? Um, I think it was just, like the thought of it was dangerous just because they didn't have the numbers. And so they can easily be killed off. Mm. But that the, the bravery of those people the first few months of the protest is monumentous because they literally risked their lives. And some actually did die because they some people were getting shot. Some people were getting hosed down, you know, tear gas, things of that nature. Wow, wow, wow. And and we like on the our podcast we have like a news section. So we reported this in January, I believe. Um, but mm-hmm. how long have the protests been ongoing? Because it seems like people don't even know that. Oh, since mid-December. Mid-December. Wow. Okay. And, and that's the crazy thing. And that's why uh, if we go back to the diaspora, so even though since the government had the internet shut down and not most of us couldn't actually get word out on what was going on in Sudan, those with VPN started reaching out to their family members and were like, hey, this is going on in Sudan and with the government, people are getting killed, people are protesting. I think this is time for a revolution. And then everyone all over the world, like the Sudanese community, was posting about it on social media just to get it out there, just to inform people. It was going crazy. We were blowing up Twitter and Instagram. People were trying to inform people on Facebook, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, like all channels we were trying to reach. But the crazy thing is, even though like we had all those people all over, I didn't see not a single news outlet here in the U.S., mentioned it at all yep yep i mean i think the first mentions we saw were what was last it? week yeah literally a week or two ago that's 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 crazy and, and it's this is something that started in december so given that you know given all this pressure you know first of all abishers they say you know the initial report is that he stepped down um what comes to the understanding now or the new report now is that he's actually been detained by the military of the government he was running so could you explain more like what exactly is going on with him yeah, so um, they were able to like get him off power, like get him off of his throne. He didn't really step down. He didn't have a choice at that point. I mm. think it was just he just wants to maintain some of his pride because mm. that's I think a problem that dictators have is their pride and yeah, they don't want actually. anyone taking anything from them. Yeah, but people were actually very upset because when the second president came into power or the transitional president. People were upset because they're like, you're not going to charge Bashir with what he's done the past 30 years. And he just kind of like dusted it under the rug, ignored it. And that's why people were also protesting because they believe that he should be held responsible for his like all the damage he's done to the country. And so he actually was detained this week. Oh, even awesome. mm-hmm. And so that's good progress. Okay, that's that's incredible. So that second person, who is that person, and, and has that person? Isn't it that that person also was forced to step down as well? Yes. Yeah, so Ahmed Awad, 
he stepped down within 24 hours. But that's because the protests were still going strong after he came into power. I think we literally set a record, like two presidents one year, never been seen. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> and so why, why did you guys, why did you make him step down? Was he not qualified? Was he not good enough to be an interim, I guess, president leader? He was essentially one of Bashir's like henchmen. So it was just the same thing, different face, different name. He was like over the army and he wanted to put a two year military rule. He put in place a curfew, I guess, to try and attempt to end the protest. But that didn't go over well with the protesters. Yeah, I imagine. And, and, <laughs> and you guys, you know, guys, guys, all right, dude, get, get the hell out of here. So what is it? What mm-hmm. exactly is happening now? Like who's in charge now in Sudan? And, and what does that like transition look like now? Are there people set up that are, you know, per- perhaps part of the protest leaders that are, um, you know, maybe the lady on the car, maybe she's going to be the next president. Like what, what exactly happens now? So now we have a third interim president, Abdul Fatih. And he people don't know too much about him. He doesn't really have any political affiliations, but he is tied to the military. And so people are still not upset. Mm. But people some people are kind of like, we should give him a chance since he doesn't have any political affiliations. And some people are just like, no, we don't want military rule at all. You know, if we don't have elections then this is what we're going to be stuck with. But when he did initially take over, he did do a few good things. So he removed the curfew that was put in place. Mm-hmm. And then he did remove some of Bashir's officials from office. Oh, that's awesome. And then there were some political prisoners, and he removed them also from jail. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. So he is doing some things. So it is a start, but the people it's not what the people wanted. They want a civilian council. They want to mm-hmm. have elections. Okay. And so that's what they're going to protest for. That's awesome. And how soon do you think? I mean, you know, these, first of all, this is probably the the most lever- highly leveraged set of protesters in human history, maybe, to kick out two leaders in the space of, what, a month? What, two weeks, even? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, so what is... Well, what, yeah, the second president only lasted 24 20, hours. So two days, two presidents. That's <laughs> impressive. That's... that's mm-hmm. The rest of Africa should be taking notes. Uh, <laughs> is So, what you know, how do they get to that point where they get elections? And kind of based on what you know and your experience there... Um, you know, what, how soon do you think that might happen? Well, I know the Sudanese Professional Association put out a statement. They're one of the groups that's been spearheading the protest. Uh-huh. Um, and they were saying by the end of the month, they're wanting to, um, to come out with people for, um, I'm sorry, like they were, by the end of the month, they were wanting to have like an interim civilian council put in place and then uh-huh. talks about, an election. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what what happens now with the military? Because they seem to still be a considerably strong force. Um, all the people who seem to have led Sudan, even their interim and second interim dudes are affiliated with the military. So it almost seems like the military is actually installing people. How do you get them to step aside? Well, I think they finally are realizing that their reign is coming to an end. And some of them have been siding with the people. And so I think there's good hope for Sudan and for things to change where everything's going in the right direction right now. It was a long journey at first. And I was, we were even worried. We're like, we're tearing our country apart. And even like I had one of my cousins, his friend is a Syrian refugee. And he was like, we shouldn't do this here. He was like, Sudan's going to end up like Syria if you guys continue. He was like, just stop. Mm. And he was just like, no, like enough is enough. 
And that's probably always, you know, fair for every country that like wants to go into protesting because um, Syria perhaps is the an example in some ways for the worst case scenario. Um, I guess every every country would have some fair, but I mean, you know, Sudan. Hopefully, next month you guys have a civilian council election is is follows after soon after. Um, you guys suddenly become the example for hey, you can protest; it can work out. Um, and you know, and and maybe you know, maybe we start to even talk to more people like you. So let's 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 you know step back a little bit and do a little bit of like a summary real quick. Uh, and I'd like to ask you. It's like a weird question, but I'd like to ask you. Just give us like this play by play on how to successfully kick out your president. Let's just have a good like like two like if you were to just give me like first step, do this, do that, do that, do that. Your president will be gone, guaranteed. Isra's Isra's Isra Adams uh guarantee for you guys. Your president will be gone if your president is crappy. Uh, how about you give us that? Um, I would say first, if you're feeling oppressed, get a group together. I feel like it always starts in the universities. Mm. Like, cause that's where everyone's closely together. They actually did shut down the universities when the protests first started going on. Cause they didn't want groups of people being together <laughs> in close units. Cause you know, that's where people start talking. So get together with a group of friends who feel just as passionately as you are. Mm-hmm. And then once you get like a good group, even if you don't have the numbers in the beginning, okay. just go out there and start protesting like in an open area like with chance stating your reasons what's going on just have it be peaceful so that you don't they're going to the army or whoever's in power is going to try and physically attack you somehow hmm. so you don't want to give them more of a reason to so it's just best to always be peaceful okay with your approach but yeah get people together talk about your concerns talk about the like change you actually want to see because if you go out there and you protest and you overthrow the government but you don't have a A what's next right yeah so if sudan didn't have a what's next plan then we would have been stuck in this two-year military transitional period Mm, awesome so get your friends together five to twelve friends holler at them say guys ladies we need to protest this current president things are terrible for this 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 and that reason Get your reasons mm-hmm. for what you want to see change. Like, hey, we want a better economic policy. We want our bread prices to go down. We want, you know, all circulation to increase. We want better relations with our neighbors. Um, you get those reasons. You go out into the streets and you protest peacefully. Um, and that's how you get your president kicked out? Yeah, basically. It might take <laughs> it might take a little few months. It might be might shorter take, for some. Yeah. Three to eight months. It's not about the journey. It's about the destination. It's about the destination. Okay, that's awesome. I feel like people say the exact opposite of that, but that that's that's fantastic, and and I, pr- I appreciate that. I guess one, one final question I try to ask all of my um all of my guests on this podcast is, you know, things are happening. You seem to be very optimistic about the, all the ongoings, and you have good reason to be. But um, the big question I always ask is with regards to Sudan and all the things going on. Um, what are you optimistic about? Right. And what are you perhaps a little more concerned about? What what are you worried about? What are you pessimistic about? What what concerns you that may go awry um, that people should be careful about? Mm, I guess I'll start with the optimistic. So I'm really optimistic for the the economic future mm-hmm. of Sudan, just because if we're able to stabilize the economy, more people there. We did a poll um, 
there's like this Sudanese community and they did a poll and they were like, if Sudan was to get better, would you go back home and create businesses and generate income in the country? Hmm. And like, I think it was like 92%, over 90% said they would. I know for myself, I definitely would go back. I want to give back to my country. I want to help build my country. So I think if we can have a stable government, then that's more doable for more of the diaspora to actually go back home. It gives us a good opportunity, no excuses to be like, oh, well, I can't go back home because, you know, this, this and this is going on there. Right. That's excellent. That's excellent. And what are you, what concerns you? What may worry you? What, what, what are you looking at that might be um, concerning right now? I think the one worry I have is just the next leader that we actually do put in place. Because we know with a lot of African nations, even when they do have elections, it's not the right, it's not the proper way each year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with all the corruption that goes on, it's very easy to take advantage of the government and take control and it turned to a dictatorship eventually. <laughs> so that's always going to be a concern, but I think we're heading in the right path. Awesome. And as long as we know now that our people are strong, we're unified worldwide. And so if we don't like this one, the next one, he's got to go. We have a saying, <laughs> does good buzz. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? On to the next one. On to the, oh, wow. Okay, wait. He's going to fall. He's going to fall. That's what it's translating to. Do you mind repeating that one more time? Uh, does good buzz. How do I spell that? I want to make that the title of this episode. T-S-G-O-T-B-A-S. Awesome. Thank mm -hmm. you You'll much. hear a lot of the protests. That's protests, what they're saying. Protesters say that does good bus. Yeah. That's good bus. Okay. Awesome. I'm pretty sure I didn't pronounce it correctly, but I'm going to make that the title <laughs> of this episode. Um, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, we'll talk offline for a little bit after I stop recording. But listeners, this has been I Can't Yeah, they really report saver. I've got Israel. If you want my follow listeners to check you out on Instagram, LinkedIn, if you put out content, anything like that, um, talk to us about that right now. Um, where can we find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter. My Instagram handle is Isra26, I-Z-R-A-A-26. You'll see the Sudanese flag in my profile. That's the one. <laughs> Repping it. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then my Twitter handle is the same. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this with us. And this has been I Can't Dead or the Game of Quality of Africa. Any final words for my listeners? Uh, no, just keep up, check the news. Don't only check the U.S. media. I'm sure all of you guys listening venture out to other medias. But yeah, Listen to thank Fox you for hearing Africa. my story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> thank you so very much. And uh, bye, guys.